You're listening to Grumpire with your hosts, LB and Andrew. Hey, uh, Andrew, what was it that you just said my Disney Channel show would be called? That's so ding-dong. Ding-dong? Like, you mean that I'm ding-dong? Like, you're, you're a ding-dong. You're just like a ding-dong, you know? Like, that's a doorbell. Hello? Yeah, you're a doorbell. You're a, you're a doorbell. Oh, thank you. You're I'm adorable? A, it's also... Aww. Yes, I was about to say thank that. You. You're adorable. Thank yeah. you. You're welcome. I don't know why we're talking about Disney Channel stuff, but anyway. <laughs> Hello. Welcome to Grumpire, the podcast that is from grumpire.com. Yeah, from... It's a little continent unto itself. Yeah. Grumpire.com. Tonight. What? Grumpire.continent. Oh, I thought you said .kong for a second. Like, well, like... that would be cool. If there was a Kong, then I would definitely get a .kong. <laughs> I'm really Team Kong all the way. Me too, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> Not for this show. What else is neither here nor there? Do you want to talk about our t-shirts that are available via our Public store? Yeah, so tpublic.com slash user slash grumpire. You can uh, find all of the cool artwork that's on our website in t-shirt form. Yes. Well, not all of it. I mean, only the good stuff. Well, well, I mean, come on. It's all good. It's the best Our favorites, I guess. Yes, favorites, I would say. Being the illustrator behind them, I can actually say, honestly, some of them suck. But not the (laughs) stuff that's on the store. (laughs) So... You so go. you should rep us. We we don't have a Patreon or anything, so but if you want to support us, that is one way that you can. That's nice. So So who's up today? Today we have a couple of uh young people. A couple of up and comers, upstart musicians. Yeah. Who yeah. don't get a chance this early in their career and probably later in their career to talk about frivolous things like movies that have <laughs> no relation to their craft. And chosen professions, right. and that's actually I I kind of like that. I like I like our I guests too. too, and they're very active in this conversation to come, and I really really appreciate that. They're a duo, not really. No, they're two parts separate, sep- but they came together <laughs> for one song. Yeah, of which you can hear a little bit right now. How'd you like it? Of course I like it. It's Infinity Meter, also and known as Tim Lake, and Boy Jr. Boy Jr. is Erica. Yeah, I spotted uh, Boy Jr. on Instagram, and then I showed you and then talked to them, and then mm-hmm. we got this whole thing scraped together. I had made a, a playlist for the website. You know, on Fridays, we do music stuff sometimes. Sometimes we have what I like to call audio fan fiction, which is where someone will take, like, the world of a movie and make a Spotify playlist of songs that they think should reside within that world. And I did one for the movie Southland Tales, and I included Boy Jr.'s cover of Everybody Wants to Rule the World, which is so interesting. Super 
super love weird. Love it. Yeah. And yeah. that was our first real exposure to Boy Jr. And uh, we got to chatting with her and she's really great. It's fantastic that she was willing to come on our podcast with her friend Tim. And she, Yeah, she brought Tim along because yeah. they had just put together the song that you heard a clip of. Mm-hmm. And you can hear the rest of the song at the end of this episode. Or you can just go Bandcamp and look either Infinity Meter Up or Boy Jr. You can probably find everything you want to hear about them and that new song that you'll be hearing at the end of this episode. Yeah, and we'll get into more uh, about where you can find their specific stuff at the end. So, here we go! Tim and Eric! God, no, wait, (laughs) what? Did I do that, really? (laughs) You did did that, you just had to do that, didn't you? I didn't mean to. I can't believe I never thought of that. (laughs) I didn't mean to do it like that, though. I was just going to say Tim and Erica, but I just paused too long. Tim and Erica. Erica and Tim. Y'all don't like Suspiria 2018. There are two things that dance can never be again. Beautiful and cheerful. You are living with dangerous people. Why does everyone think the worst is over? What's up with that? Where do I start? (laughs) I'll start small. It's a little long, and I don't necessarily have a problem with long movies as a rule. It's just, I feel like, and I watched it a couple times, as the movie goes on, I'm still just not getting anything more from the length of the movie. Mm, like, I, I feel it. like the the length of the movie doesn't help me like it more. Uh, the second time we watched it together, we were both like, I keep thinking it's going to end here. <laughs> uh, now, LB and I don't like the original Suspiria, necessarily. Mm-hmm. There's a full culture around Suspiria before the remake was even a thought. Mm-hmm. Suspiria is the best movie ever! Dario Argento, Three Mother Suspiria! And I saw it in the 90s sometime, and I was just like, eh. And I saw it with LB, and we were both like, eh. And then we saw it again, and we were like, yeah, but... <laughs> so, this movie comes out, and it does something differently than the other movie. I don't know if you guys are familiar with the other movie, though. I hadn't seen the original. I'm a little familiar. It's really colorful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, LB, do you have any thoughts on any of this yet? Uh, not yet. I'm gonna, I'm gonna wait. Okay, Erica. <laughs> I think it's a really good-looking Gucci ad. <laughs> Gucci. Yeah. yeah. That that scene where they're all like making breakfast and voting on who they, uh, the which mother. which mother they want yeah. to lead them mother all, Marcos. and everybody votes Marcos. Mm-hmm. And there's the one lady with the gigantic glasses. Mm-hmm. Big Gucci vibe ads. And several scenes. I'm like. Gucci vibe. Gucci ad vibes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. Well, do you think that the Gucci Gang song should have been playing throughout certain <laughs> scenes of this film? Um, actually, gang, actually, the second time we watched it, 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 it was. <laughs> it was in it. Oh, God. Maybe it should have been. Another thing that, I guess this is kind of a personal preference thing. Like, I feel like the second time around... The only thing that made more sense was like the flow of events and not really like my understanding of the events. I just understood where the story was going better. And I was really confused. I'm like, are they in France? Are they in Germany? And like for the first time I watched it, it took me a while to be like, oh, they're in Berlin. Okay, cool. I know that now. But then I also was really confused about what time period it was. Okay. Oh, I meant to look that up. I was wondering the same thing. It's in the 70s. No, it's in the 70s. But I also had this problem. I had this problem when watching this because I, I lived in Europe at the time. I lived in Italy, but we would sometimes cool. go to Berlin. So cool. I didn't even pick up any of the Berlin stuff at the time. And it was 
somewhere, it wasn't 1977 when I visited. It was closer to 1980 or something. So it was after that unrest. I really got confused because Atomic Blonde is set in the late 80s. And that's when I thought that this was updated to is the late 80s. And mm -hmm. I got confused between Atomic Blonde's mm. unrest and this movie's unrest at the beginning. I just totally, like, switched the two. Yeah, I was really confused about yeah, that. Yeah, LB fixed that for me And what was it, 1977, LB? Yeah, it's 1977. There's political unrest going on, which you, like you just said, thought was uh, basically the... The uh, wall the, coming The down. wall coming down, yes. So, but that's... That's what, what I, I thought, thought too. too. It was totally different. It was yeah. Batter and Meinhof. Meinhof. Something mm -hmm. about that. But I don't really know what that political unrest was in 1977, what that was about. I also was a child, so... Fair. <laughs> Might I add, though, after watching this movie, did anybody feel like, I know what they were trying to say about the political unrest and how it affected the plot and how I'm supposed to feel about it and no. what the opinions were? <laughs> no, it's really... Or did you just feel like they were like, did you know there was political unrest in the 70s in Berlin? We knew this because we are in a Gucci ad. <laughs> we're in a Gucci ad and we're doing dangerous dances. <laughs> Ooh, danger dances. Next, yeah. next hit single. That's what that Usher song There about. was that one dance where, where they're like, you do the dance, whatever, without the, and then she dances and the other lady is like, I'm leaving. That lady gets all yeah. busted up. I actually find that to be probably the coolest, best sequence in the film. I yeah. agree. I agree. I find, they is... kind of showed their hand like yeah. with that, and then the rest of the film is just like, all right, how much more effed up can we get from here? <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of what the ending was trying to do, was like, what's the most messed up thing we can make these skinny little dancer girls do? <laughs> They're going to kill each other. It's going to be so sick. Tom York <laughs> is going to be singing. Sorry. I don't know why I'm screaming about this. I think I have more opinions about it than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so do you like the Tom York music of the film? Oh yeah, it's Tom York. Okay, yeah, obviously. Oh, I, I like I like your reservedness. Yeah, sure. All right, yeah, Tom York, of course. I feel about most movies. Did you? Okay, side note or whatever. Did you see his short that he did with Paul Thomas Anderson on Netflix? No. No. He's yeah. There's a short music video. It's actually a long music video. It's a short mm -hmm. film. Paul Thomas Anderson's a director who did Magnolia and Boogie Nights and Ooh. other movies like that. There Will Be Blood. And it's one of the coolest music videos I've seen. Very, very interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot of dance, but it's not like this movie. It's not <laughs> mm -hmm. killing anyone. No. No, but it's it's very much like they're traveling from point A to point Z or something, and they have to go through a bunch of different obstacles, but it's all through dance. That's and cool. It's like That's like Tom, Tom York like started getting very into dance in recent years and i'm into it yeah check it out it's really cool i will i don't know if it's mm -hmm. still on netflix but it was for a while mm -hmm. i don't know if well, they take things off like tim said we have the internet <laughs> that's, <laughs> right. that's right you know it's what's forever. weird about this suspiria remake is it is long and confusing and boring <laughs> like, there's <laughs> yes a, there's a lot of boring like <laughs> really long stretches of just boring in this movie but it's i'm okay with that to a certain point because like there's so much to look at in it that like it doesn't That's it true. doesn't That's quite fair. bother me so much but what i do like about this is that i don't like the original suspiria like i've been on record as saying that and i get flack for that because i don't really understand what is happening in the in the original suspiria at all so watching this one sort of helped me understand the first one and now i kind of see how they pair together because this movie is 
not so much a remake of Suspiria as it is kind of like I want to call it like an expansion on it so it's mm-hmm. like it's like just yeah. opens up a lot and helps me make sense of it more so I think maybe if you all wanted to do this you could go back and watch the original Suspiria and like maybe some connections will start happening <laughs> to, to yeah, help you I, understand I really it like more. to watch the original yeah yeah. I need to find some meaning for why I watched this movie yeah. twice. Yeah, so. so I would suggest that. It actually ended up helping me like both movies a lot more than how cool. they are on their own. I, you know, that makes a lot of sense. <laughs> so. But, you know, we also had to pick a movie we didn't like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, no, no. No, no that's, that's there's the nothing the wrong with not liking it. I'm not saying that at all. So Previous yeah. shows, we've been immovable objects <laughs> against the guest, or we've <laughs> been able to be swayed a little bit. Mm-hmm. And, and this mm-hmm. one, neither nor, I think. I don't think we, we were too steady in our footing on either stance for or against. I think um, I have a big problem with this movie in that the special effects towards the big mayhem at the end was all digital yeah. blood. And yeah. honestly, have you not seen Kill Bill? Just do that. <laughs> do that. Do a bunch of fake blood. I feel like everywhere. the end scene could like, I liked it like to an extent, but I feel like they could, it could have looked so much better. Mm-hmm. I kind of think I know what they were going for and like visually but I, it didn't really hit me how I think it was supposed to I haven't looked into it either but it seems like some of the digital blood is to obscure the big cooter on her chest and the what yeah <laughs> what you just said what how many times have you seen this twice twice you same with Erica how many times Okay. Okay. Oh, so we're, we're doing a she has a cooter <laughs> on her chest. It actually she she digs her fingers into her chest, rips it open, and it becomes pretty much a healed cooter, a vagina, if you will. I keep saying cooter. <laughs> and there's blood spurting all over the place, and this is digitally obscured. But if you look online, they have photos, promo photos of her in that pose, and it's not obscured, oh. and it's a really great makeup application. And I like yeah. makeup effects. That, like, gives it a whole different meaning. Mm -hmm. I literally thought it was just, like, they were, like, let's do something really gory and disturbing. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just make her, like, pull her body open because she's, like, a demon or something. Mm -hmm. Right. And you can do that when you're a demon. (laughs) So I think maybe it was there to be obscured uh, like that was probably at the MPAA's prompting. Or now the MPA. Oh. I'm wondering "Mm -hmm." if they're, like, censor it or else. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, maybe that could but be. But that it. didn't. I Pussy mean, free zone. Can I say that? I mean, I, yes, you can. LB said worse. <laughs> <laughs> but um, that whole end sequence is, is also where all the naked dancing is. Right. And so maybe they're thinking there's too much nudity, and then that's just going too far to have a makeup application on the person's chest like that. So I think it is absolutely bonkers that a movie that shows such like detailed graphic body horror mm. would be like a nipple well, yeah. <laughs> it's Have a bit more than a nipple the it's a giant vagina <laughs> okay well that's natural I mean, somebody ju- getting wait. smushed around in a dance studio is not exactly natural to me nah, yeah yeah I mean I did I did really that like those didn't really do that her herself didn't really like those effects in Contortion. that scene I gotta yeah. say I didn't remember it being as gory as it was either mm-hmm. uh, like they're it's, pulling it's out messed in, up. intestines and how the camera is is set up it's it's very kind of nonchalant or like if you're not really looking at the action that's going on you won't even uh-huh. notice that they're pulling these guts out of the girl I didn't notice the first time well mm-hmm. you know what the first time I don't think I was looking actually at all I think I mm-hmm. 
had decided to close my eyes. <laughs> Erica doesn't do well with body horror. Oh, really? I don't do well. I don't, do, I don't watch any horror, really, at all. Mm. This is probably one of the more graphic things that I've watched. No, it's and pretty I, graphic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I still, I, I didn't watch the full scene of the girl in the dance studio getting whipped around. Heard it, but <laughs> I my eyes and my, my tiny little soft baby yeah. brain don't yeah, need it. Yeah, you're a big softie is what I was going to call you, but... <laughs> You just called yourself that, so. Alright, confirmed. Eric is a talk. I said online that I was watching this movie before I actually got into watching it, and someone replied to me with, like, oh, does it have a lot of body horror because I can't really handle that? And my answer was, like, <laughs> not as much as expected, but then as I was watching the movie, I was like, I just, uh... I just lied to this person. So... <laughs> I'm sorry. Whoops. I just didn't remember. And then, um, yeah, so I hope that person didn't go and watch Suspiria and think, wow, what is what is LB got going on? Well, okay, LB. <laughs> if, this isn't, if this isn't a lot. But. In your defense, there is like 80% of the film isn't body yeah, I horror. Yeah, g- I guess so. <laughs> yeah, but those scenes make up for the rest right? of it. Yeah, they mostly, there's that one scene with the dance where she gets all bent and turns into a pretzel. And then there's a final scene at the end. So, yeah. What did you think about uh, Tilda Swinton playing three parts? I, what? I honest, I honest to God, despised oh, Tilda <laughs> in the movie. Uh, oh, bless you, Tim. Hold on, Erica. You just said what? <laughs> yeah, I did. did. Did you not know that she played three parts? She's the lead dancer lady. Mm-hmm. Old man. And beginning. <laughs> Wait, I thought the old ma- the old man like the therapist. Yes, yeah. yes. With Chloe, every time whatever. the therapist is there, that's Tilda Swinton. Yes. yes. You know, it's really crazy because we ta- we totally talked about that like the first time we watched it. We were like, "Whoa, that's Tilda Swinton," and I just I forgot thought... <laughs> for the rest of the movie. I, yeah, I thought you knew that. No, I, I forgot. And and she's the mother, or whatever, the blobby mom, old. She oh, yes, yes she is Marcos as well. Marcos, mm, the blobby mom. <laughs> hey, I mean, I call it like to seize it. Sometimes it gets me in trouble, like a foot in my mouth. But in this case, it's all makeup, so that's. I have a problem with how she portrayed the old man because I wasn't convinced, but apparently Erica was. <laughs> Don't take it from me. I'm a, I'm a softie. <laughs> no, but that there was there was hardly any horror with the old man. No, um, they kept on obscuring <laughs> in an in an Austin Powers naked kind of way where they obscure where his penis is with like a banana or fruits or a basket <laughs> of fruit or something. They obscure, oh, like in the ending scene. Well, they no they other scenes where uh the old therapist is standing up they obscure her hips with her uh, like something on the desk because she has feminine hips that are, that are wide set I see, I see. so there's like a box on the desk that's just sitting there <laughs> it's not really good set decoration or anything but it's a box sitting on the desk and she's behind it or he is in the scene i suppose i think that's he, pretty cool but I was like, that kind of that seems Why, very though? obvious that that's a that's there to hide that. What did it bring to the way? movie? Was it su- is it something that I was too dumb to understand? No, or did no, they, just no, do no. It? they were like uh, actors can act. Yeah, let's have this actor since okay, we're paying like her that. and she's a big name. <laughs> let's have her play. Uh, it's it's okay. Did you watch uh, Mars Attacks? <laughs> no, I don't think so. Okay, Jack Nicholson plays the president as Jack Nicholson, as we recognize Jack Nicholson, and then he plays the better role as a uh, Las Vegas real estate developer who's trying to build a UFO themed hotel and casino. 
and he's got a cowboy. I actually think I have seen. He's got the cowboy hat on. He's got prosthetic teeth. He's got a prosthetic nose. He's got these big glasses on, and he's playing it a lot like this, and it's great (laughs) because you never see Jack Nicholson do anything like that. Right, right. It's great, and it's a fun experience. But I do not like that movie also because he plays the president i don't need him as the president so that's kind of what happens in this movie okay i don't need her as the old man especially since they keep obscuring certain aspects of her physique that just betray that she's not an old man why would they why would they even put that in there well she has a good relationship with the director like they've they've worked together a lot and i even read somewhere that i can't quote exactly but like apparently she is a muse to the director in some way like a creative muse not like a i'm in love with you muse but in okay. a creative way so I, I guess maybe it's just no i get it it's like get not it. not exactly not yeah not exactly meant not. to be taken seriously I, I mean i i when i say fun and goof off i mean as an experience for that actor to do i don't mean to treat it not serious because <laughs> this movie's deadly serious there's no sense <laughs> yeah of humor that's kind of why i didn't like it mm-hmm. because I feel like even as the therapist, Tilda Swinton is still just being Tilda. Mm-hmm. It just didn't work for me because of that. Yeah. Okay. So too much Tilda in the character that she's supposed to be portraying. Right. Right. Okay. It was just like too having much two Tilda. I, I I gotta be honest. I did not notice that it was her <laughs> as a uh, Mother Marcus. I, I, I that one's hard, that one's tell. harder. Yeah. You cannot tell. They do something mm-hmm. really strange with the jawline. They, it's like a big boxy head. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's not at all like her face at all. And, and it's such a prosthetic suit of makeup, including yeah. the head headgear that she has to wear for it. And and she's doing the sweet voice that she's doing, and it's obscured, and you cannot tell that yeah. it is her. Question: Why was she wearing the sunglass goggles in that scene? Uh, as Marcos? Yeah. N- and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> why? Yeah. Why was she wearing the sunglasses? Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta accessorize, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. Like maybe. Like, I'm always Gucci. wearing a baseball cap, and I literally don't need to wear a baseball cap. <laughs> yeah, it must have been Gucci glasses, of <laughs> course. Yeah. <laughs> it's the product placement classic. Mm. <laughs> Mother Marcos center spread. <laughs> What's the little uh, magazine perfume piece? You know, you flip the yeah. magazine piece over. What's mm-hmm. that smell like? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> it's just the, it's just oh, the blood they were cleaning up after. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. I don't want to scratch her or sniff her. <laughs> Jesus. I feel, I feel like the last three things you've said are all bars. <laughs> <laughs> I think what we should actually do is, like, use material from today's episode and, like, use that as seeds for the next yeah. Boyd Jr. Infinity Meter collab. Is there anything more to say about your disdain for Suspiria? Well... Let's see. Yes, there is. Good. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to go over so I did not like Tilda. I did not like I think I already touched on this a little bit. So whenever I rewatched it, it didn't help me have more appreciation for the movie. It only kind of like let me know what was happening better. But also whenever I did figure out like, oh, I didn't notice that. It wasn't like a, oh, cool moment. I rolled my eyes instead. (laughs) Specifically, the, the the first dance scene, the first like murder scene, whenever she like touches uh, Sarah, I think her name is, the main... Uh character i was like oh it's a spell oh great cool yeah (laughs) yeah i pointed that out too yeah yeah we i don't think we noticed that the first time either well i mean i did that she she was like doing this touch thing but i didn't notice Mm -hmm. the little glowing bits on the yeah yeah, yeah, pressure points Uh. because they make these little 
white dots or so. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I noticed that this time. I was like, oh, yeah. So you rolled your eyes during all of that. Okay. Yes. All right. I was like, oh, very cool. <laughs> Good for you. You can make a dot yeah. happen on a skin. Yeah. Oh, I have something to interject with quickly. Why was there the whole thing with the therapist finding his wife again and then she yeah, exactly. disappears? Exactly. That, yeah. Literally, Thank what you. was any that, of that? That was for, and here's, here's fan service, that was for the fans of the previous movie because the actress playing the wife is Jessica is... Harper, who was the lead oh. in the previous movie. Mm-hmm. Susie. Okay. Susie, that's her name. So, so it really doesn't serve a purpose. Well, I think that's dumb. Yeah. There, There's a bit that's, I don't know if it's like a purposeful thing or whatever, but it's a coven of witches, obviously, right? So, mm-hmm. um, and what do witches hate more than anything? Men. <laughs> so part of their deal is that they want to humiliate men. So the older witches are getting tired of therapist man, like poking in his, his nose wherever, you know, in business he shouldn't be poking into. Right. Um, so they want to kind of get back at him. So his wife coming back is, I think, just an apparition. Like, yeah, I think so. Like, it's not, she's not really there. So they're tricking him and making him feel these, like, terrible emotions about, because he's, he feels guilty because... Right. He basically let her die because the okay. he had a, the opportunity to get her out of Berlin during um, uh, the Nazi takeover or wherever they were. I guess they were in Berlin, but and then he didn't. So she didn't have her naturalization papers and then was taken to the concentration camps where she died. So he has a lot of guilt about that. So I guess like really the, the commentary, if you're going to go to the commentary, is it goes back to uh, men do dumb things and they need to be punished for it. Yeah, I guess that's what I was going to ask. It's like, it's cause, okay, so I, I did feel like there are some strings that you can tie from the Love Witch to Suspiria mm. for, for different reasons. Definitely not like for vibe reasons. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe for five reasons. I, I guess you could. I guess you could argue that. But like the idea of there being like a feminist commentary mm-hmm. that's done in a matter of sort of extremes. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. There's arguments to be made there. But also, I think this is a matter of my taste too. That's pretty clear with the Love Witch, mm-hmm. and it's clear in a tongue-in-cheek way. I mean, I guess we know we're not into the Love Witch section of the show yet. But like, I have you know. Well, I love for that, that movie. love witch. <laughs> I love the love witch. But like I didn't get this sense with Suspiria that the point was like any sort of feminist statement and that's what I was thinking of, thinking about the, the whole thing is like okay, what is the point? I guess there it's different because it's a remake. Like mm-hmm. completely like mm-hmm. might be moot to even ponder what's the point. Honestly, any actor can play anything. That's my stance. An actor can play a tree. We all started there in school. In fact, I played a robot in in grade school. So Tilda playing a man doesn't really have a problem. There's no real true problem except for her execution of it. But if you wanted to be really clear, you would, I think, need a truly masculine person. And Tilda isn't exactly... She's androgynous, but she's not necessarily masculine. Even an old masculine person, let's say um, Robert Redford's still around. He could have... Maybe, let's just pretend, played the character. He was in that Marvel Winter Soldier movie as the bad guy. That guy has a certain masculinity, and he could play it with a little bit more judgment that I think you wouldn't be, have to imitate. That's interesting because I... A what I'm getting on the at women is more is specifically... Say that again? 
a judgment on the women, like when he's being a therapist, you could have him make the expressions not through heavy makeup, but actually with his own face, and it would come off as a lot more legitimate that he's not just being like, yes, tell me more, but like, tell me more and side-eyeing them or something, you know? And then you could have more of a motivation from the witches being like, that guy's a lame man. You know what I mean? I think I get what you mean. I think my point is more so like, if it's not clear in the writing, regardless of who plays the character, if, it, if the choices of the plot are not deliberate enough, I don't know that I would say that the, that the writing accomplishes any sort of clear feminist subtext that i don't know that it's, i don't know that it's meant to do that especially mm -hmm. considering that it's a remake there is so much history and like choices that were made because of choices that were made in the what 70s when the original movie yeah. was made mm -hmm. it's it's hard to look at it from a perspective of like an independent piece of writing that mm -hmm. is aiming to make you think things in the year 2018 in a vacuum Right. Right. But, I mean, if they did, they did go down that road a little bit. Yeah, I think that's what their attempt was. The update, mm -hmm. to upgrade it to 2018, I think they should have had it actually timeline-wise upgraded as well, a little further in, in history. Like, I thought it was 89 when it happened mm. in the movie mm. originally. But um, maybe things would have been more apparent, but I don't see how with the currently... I'm just trying to justify my confusion. Don't worry about it. I think maybe we, we take it for granted that witches equals feminism in a lot of ways because like that's kind mm -hmm. of what we've been presented with for many, I many years. That's a good point. So like it, maybe it just wasn't a big enough of a push. That that and also the fact that like I guess just because it's about witches, just because there's women in the movie doesn't make it a feminist talk piece. It's just exactly. a film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Super rare Japanese import B-side from Infinity Meter and Boy Jr. It's just a damn Gucci ad. Hear it only here exclusively a 106.9 Grump FM. Usually I say, what's your alternate? But Erica, you already spilled the beans on that. <laughs> your alternate is The Love Witch. Correct. Mm -hmm. Correct. I'm Samantha Robinson, the star of the new 35mm motion picture called The Love Witch. In the movie, I move from San Francisco to Eureka to start a new life where no one knows me. And I meet a lovely woman named Trish. Hey. Hi, I'm Trish. Well, what do men want? Just a pretty woman to love and to take care of them. I set up shop as a witch. And I start to use my love spells on unsuspecting men. You want some? What is it? Something I made. Sometimes the spells work too well, and the men, well. Mm. Wayne. 
They just don't make it. Men are just not as strong as we are. Oh well, life goes on. But I keep trying, hoping that something will eventually work out. Love me. And then one day, I meet Mr. Wright. All is going well, until suddenly everyone starts to get very angry with me. Why is everyone trying to punish me? What you call love is a borderline personality disorder. Why does everything happen to me? How will it all end? Well, you'll have to see the movie to find out. Come and see The Love Witch. Coming soon to a theater near you. So why do you love The Love Witch so much? Why do you love The Love Witch so much? Say that 70 times fast. Uh, Maybe not 70. kill time on the podcast? No. <laughs> 70 times fast. Let's, let's time it, too. <laughs> I like it for a lot of reasons. A, looks fantastic the whole time. Mm-hmm. B, since it is about witches, there is something really interesting about the main character elaine where i felt like when i was looking at her it felt like i was like looking a witch in the eyes and they were like transfixing you and yeah (laughs) yeah and like from the the first thing i really liked about the movie is i don't know if this is an accident but in the first scene Mm -hmm. it looks like she doesn't even have pupils Mm. which is something i caught the first time i watched it and i found it to be very interesting that like it's a hollow person you know, mm, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure I saw that. They were shining a very bright light at her, so I think her pupils were just very small, and like the the shine was covering it. But like it looked like there was nothing there, so I thought that was very cool just in the get go. And I mean, Eric, Erica, you, I don't want to take up all this space because there's a lot of things I liked about this movie. Oh my god, no, please, please go. Well, I mean, I love campy movies, and I think that I think their casting was perfect because, like, some of the people didn't feel like actors at all. Yeah. I, I have a problem with who they cast as Jerry because of, I think, the wig. Jerry is her husband <laughs> oh, who right. died, the first husband that she mentioned. Yes. The guy that she pines <laughs> yeah. over at the very beginning. She's just like, Jerry, and then he just smiles at the camera, which all fine and funny. But the wig is so distracting. It's so distracting. <laughs> Distracting because it's not a wig in the movies that she is referencing in the in the styling of this film. It's not a wig usually, and there's two wigs that show up in this film. One of them is on Jerry's head, and one of them is on her head. But it's mm-hmm. shown to be her wig. But yeah. Jerry's right. not supposed to be wearing a wig. It's just this guy with this rat's nest. Yeah, and a ridiculous. Like, ah! haircut. Because yeah. all the other guys that she pines after, they all have typically fine hair. Mm-hmm. The one guy she goes with to uh, his cabin in the woods mm-hmm. where he the libertine if he, if he takes <laughs> the girls out there mm-hmm. and he's like just so shocked like that guy felt like he that was his first time acting I, I don't know if they like <laughs> oh, wanted I loved him his to performance, act like that though. no uh, me too me it, too it was so it, crazy it, Intense. It, mm-hmm. like, like, he was shocked that he was even doing what he was doing. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There are some other people. Well, the friend. What's her friend's name? Trish, isn't it? Trish? Yeah. Trish. No, 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 no. Not the. the her, her friend who's also a witch. Oh, yeah. What? I don't remember her name uh, either. She did. Mm. I. Yeah. I'm so intrigued with all of her scenes. How <laughs> she seems like she's reading lines, mm-hmm. but not in a way that it's like the actress is reading lines. It feels like her character is reading <laughs> lines. 
like she constantly has note cards with her that are yeah that's yeah. the other one yeah. that like really hit me of like mm. this is like anti-acting <laughs> yeah yeah oh i love that i guess i guess griff too i mean there's the whole scene even more like just the over exaggeration of like griff and the one female employee at the police station oh, and yeah. how she's like why don't you why don't i show you what i can do later and he's like huh and then he like goes and takes his coffee and he's then he's like what is it he like punches the guy every every scene in the police station was hilarious every scene like when when he punched like the deputy i cracked up it was, it was one of the funniest scenes in any movie i was so hyped for that because i knew you were gonna crack up with that too. he's he's a newly appointed sergeant and he's got such an upgrade he's got a really big desk and every i'm like a sergeant mm-hmm. doesn't usually have that. they don't know what cops are <laughs> you know <laughs> these are police he's a sergeant he should have like a desk out there with everybody else but he's got like he's like mm-hmm. a police chief or lieutenant or something right right funny tim what else do you love um love which, things that you're gonna say are gonna spark things that i'm gonna want to say well okay one thing i really appreciated was whenever they were trying to show you this person just took drugs they didn't go way ham on it they just did these pretty like rainbow lights and i think it really worked with the movie because everything is like like all the colors are like really deep like they're nice to look at but nothing is like shocking so i think if they went for like a melty kind of like druggy experience it would have taken away from it and it i don't know it just kind of looked like it was, you were like looking through one of those rainbow glasses mm. you can get at like walgreens or something right right now she shot this with film stock which it's mm. hard to do nowadays Mm-hmm. Nowadays being what 2014 when she released this, so 2013 or so when she shot it. Even then, it was getting more and more cost prohibitive to mm-hmm. use real mm-hmm. film stock unless you're like who Michael Bay. I don't know if he still does it, but uh, Christopher Nolan he would do film or, mm-hmm. or IMAX and you know big film. But uh, she did I think 16 millimeter film, probably blown up to 35, which would give it a nice good graininess. And then uh, LB's like watching this thing. She's like, it's too pristine. It looks too pretty. It still doesn't look like film. And then there's like, right when she says that, on the screen, there's like, dirt goes across the screen. Across <laughs> yeah. a couple. I was like, that's dirt right there. She didn't even get rid of the dirt there. She's like, yeah, I know. But, but what I'm thinking is the film looks so crisp and pristine as if it was a remastered mm. old film. So now you get, I think they, they released uh, 4K Ten Commandments, right? You're going to watch that and it's not going to look like you watch it on TV. It's not even going to look like you saw it in a theater back in the day with all the dirt going across because you just mm. saw like the 155th viewing of this movie. So mm-hmm. it's going to have some grit and grain and junk on the film. Right. So that it's pristine. It's really cleaned up because that's what happens when you do a restoration. So that's, I think, how they treated it. It's not that's so the cool. Grindhouse movie, you know? I kind of mm-hmm. liked that because it, I think that also added to the movie's like dreamlike state that you mm-hmm. feel like you're in. Like everything, everything fits in this like uncanny valley in the movie. Well, but also I think the fact that like it's not until she arrives in San Francisco and we're already entered into the universe of this movie that you realize that it's only her and the like love interests who drive old cars. Yeah. <laughs> everything else is yeah. modern. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that oh, that's so cool about the film <laughs> because I feel like the whole vibe of the movie it's like it's all old but it's new but so it's new. the cynic in me says that that was a solution to a problem of them not being able to get old vehicles right because that's expensive mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Really oh, totally, totally, yeah. probably is. Yeah. And I think I love that even more. <laughs> There's a movie called Squid and the Whale that has mm. problem scenes like that, but they're not on purpose. Right. But I think that the Love Witch was a creative. We meant that. Happenstance. You know? <laughs> yeah. We meant right. it that oh, way. Works. I meant to do that. <laughs> so. Or the idea that it just yeah. doesn't matter. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Uh, it, normally, things like that really throw me off, and I'm quick to point them out but uh yeah i know what you're saying so i mean i looked it up and i don't think i noticed the cell phones and stuff because i was dumb at paying attention sometimes but i looked it up and there was a review or an article about this film i don't think it was even a review but they talked about the anachronism of the cars and cell phones and other technology i don't remember was also in it Right, they mentioned cell phones. I don't either. Okay, good. So I didn't miss anything. <laughs> <laughs> so they did mention the an- anachronism like that. And then that's when you were like, you calmed down. Because you weren't happy about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> she's like, it's supposed to be authentic and it's not authentic. Because look at that car. That's a Jeep <laughs> Cherokee. <laughs> so, but then I read that. And I was like, Elby, calm down. She's like, fine, calm down. Don't tell me to calm down. So first time I watched this, I think this is the second time I watched it. First time I watched it, I didn't buy it. I wasn't on board. Second time, it was a lot more painless. Not that the first time was painful. It's just a turn of phrase. I was more familiar with what it was already doing ahead of time. So now I'm able to just kind of let it do without being like, okay, what's it doing now? (laughs) You know? Yeah, yeah. So this time, I guess I had a lot more fun with it. Yeah. But I'll tell you. I think that's the best part of the movie is it's fun. I'll tell you. I absolutely still abhor the Renaissance Fair scenes. (laughs) I hate them. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. That's why it's Yeah. No, like I hate them, but I, I almost feel like that was the point. No, I don't even justify <laughs> yeah. it. With that. Don't even justify it. Nope. <laughs> hate them. Hate those scenes. The song that she sings still. Oh. How do you wait? I have a quick question. I have a quick question for sure. you. Are you into Adult Swim? Hey, I actually is okay. No, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Tim and Erica, see, see what I did. <laughs> um, um, I supposed off mic before we even recorded I, that you guys actually might be more open to this mm-hmm. type of film this way mm-hmm. because generationally, yeah, how you guys yeah. came up through yeah. Adult Swim mm-hmm. and things like I don't know if you know this one, Heart She Holler. Did you ever hear of that one? No. That's a really oh, obscure yeah. Adult Swim thing with Patton Oswalt in it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did watch. That's super that. weird. Mm-hmm. but kind of authentically campy and like like in a mm-hmm. weird way mm-hmm. not like this because of this is beautifully colored and all that stuff but yeah it's an authentically strange thing but like too many cooks you guys are really aware yeah. of too many mm-hmm. cooks and that's yeah. like you guys mm-hmm. like that's hilarious i actually think too many cooks is hilarious too mm-hmm. it's not everything adult swim i don't like mm-hmm. i like you guys but i don't typically like tim and eric so i'm glad that there's an <laughs> another vowel attached here <laughs> because <laughs> it's separate you guys and I like you guys but I don't really get along with t- Tim and Eric that's good funny show great job whatever I don't know if you not to get off too off, off topic but I think this also fits in with like my sense of humor coming up and like allowing me to like stuff like this a lot is uh Tim Heidecker's On Cinema at the Cinema if you've ever heard of that no I've mm-hmm. never heard of it okay we can talk later about it but it is amazing it's not it's a very immersive experience that you kind of have to just like sludge through mm-hmm. but it, I promise it's fantastic is he making 
fun of cinephilia, cinephiles. Yeah, the the whole the whole basis of the show is him and this guy Greg Turkington, who's another actor. Yeah. So Tim is a guy who wanted to make a movie review show, but the thing is, he never watches the movies, and it's very obvious. <laughs> and Greg Greg <laughs> watches good. all of the movies, but like he's obsessed with like the weirdest parts of them that like no one would be obsessed about, and like their That's really funny. chemistry together is what makes the show so funny. Okay. And it's a long show. There's a lot of seasons and it goes places you never would imagine. Hmm. Okay. It sounds interesting at least. Yeah. And most of the stuff I hear uh, or coming from Tim and Eric camp, I'm like, no, thanks. I I don't want to go there. But that one actually (laughs) sounds pretty fun. That does sound pretty fun. I'm not. Yeah. I'm willing. Willing to look at one. I'll send some links. I'll send some links. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, good. Thank you. So that's what I was supposing. So that's a very cool question that you asked. Well, okay. I like um, earliest. What? Space Ghost, right? Well, yeah, of course. That's a great, great, great show. So I I love that. But um, I think it got too stoner. That's fair. Not the show. But the adult adult swim in general, yeah. No, yeah, Yeah. I got I got what you're saying. It's all esoteric, and half of the stuff, most of the stuff, doesn't have any sort of meaning because of how much smoke was imbibed. I do also like Saul of the Mole Men. Not familiar with that. Oh, it's another beautiful, authentic '70s. It's it's based on a a a '70s style of kids television called Sid and Marty Croft, Hmm. who did Land of the Lost and stuff like that. Okay. I don't know if you recall that. That was made into a movie recently well like, 10 years like ago 10 years so. ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> with uh will ferrell but it's a it's a lot of like uh puppets or people in in foam suits anyway Saul of the mole men is really fun it's absurd it's very cheap looking looks like an aquabats show basically but with more rude humor i suppose so there are some things that i get with not all things so so i'm picking up that you guys don't like the love witch very much no i didn't yeah we we didn't and I am, I'm going to tell you real quick, I am not going to say I like it, like it, like it, like it, but I'm not going to talk crap too much on it <laughs> because there's not much for me to talk crap on. You know, right, it's, yeah, I see. it's yeah. that majorly that scene and uh, some of the, <laughs> if I'm going to take that, the, the philosophy behind it, I kind of don't like revenge feminism, you know? Mm-hmm. That's fair. I think it was like kind of. I think even that part was kind of tongue in cheek too, though. It's mm-hmm. like so over the top and like so dramatic. Right. right. So h- how do you take it seriously? Yeah. Right. I feel like w- the seriousness is in the execution of allowing a story to unfold through a lot of visuals and like use of tropes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's got every in a very up to date way. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think a lot about the ending of that movie because I personally just maybe being a simple person, I like when I can like watch something and feel like I got it. (laughs) The thesis statement of it. Like, like I struggled in English class, but when I finally understood like the point that we were supposed to get from like Tale of Twin Cities, I felt like a genius and I really (laughs) like that feeling and I think I'm kind of like always trying to like get that out of movies and stuff Mm because I want to feel smart. And with The Love Witch, I feel like I do kind of get it, but I think about the ending a lot because I, I like, I can't imagine the point is really you know I, I can't imagine we're really supposed to be like elaine is the hero she's you know sure she's like the the protagonist but i feel like we're not supposed to look at her actions and be like like hashtag good for her <laughs> <laughs> okay well th- to bring a point to midsummer right you guys saw midsummer yes yeah. no no that's no? another okay. one we were considering all right well, well i was you could have you could have well re- 
considered it um, because there's lots of problems. The rhetoric that's going around online is that particularly uh, young women of a certain age think that the movie is totally justifying the female uh-huh. character's ire at her boyfriend who literally her boyfriend, I'm spoiling this now, was raped. Yeah. Everything that happened with him was against his will. And yet the rhetoric online from certain young women is cheers, yeah, kill him. He deserved it. So there's that kind of contingency, I think, teetering with uh, Elaine here. But I think really superficially, it's just that Elaine is so beautiful and these girls are just into that, (laughs) you know. Because she is so beautiful and her makeup's done so perfect. LB actually did her makeup like that today. Not really. Oh. No, no, not really. I try. I was kind of wondering. It looks really well, pretty. Yeah. I'm not very good. I'm loving. I just. I love me a good a good wash of color, <laughs> if you will. I try. Yeah. I I think um that brings that raises an interesting point to like the consumption of movies. Um, or series alongside the consumption of social mm-hmm. media. I think The Love Witch is like one of the few things I've seen recently that like wasn't because other people online were talking about it. I literally was just hanging out with a friend who was like, I saw this movie in film school. Would y'all like to see it? And I had no idea what I was getting into. And I was like, wow, this is like if a Lana Del Rey song is a music <laughs> video. I think that's really pretty. That's so cool. Like, I personally am not into the idea of, like, truly the idea of, like, oh, good for her, kill your boyfriend. Cool. When it becomes the kind of thing that it's like these sort of, like, relatable hashtags become the basis for, like, actual personal interaction online or off. Not that I think there's literally people who are like i saw someone say hashtag good for her and then i went and literally killed somebody <laughs> oh my God. Right. that's bad but it starts but... in the mind <laughs> maybe i'm well i guess I, I guess that's kind of i don't know that is kind of a thing like part of the reason that i've considered like oh i really want to see midsummer is like yeah i could i know it's beautiful mm-hmm. and i know a lot of people are talking about it but like seeing like discourse online about like the like i don't know people making like a letterboxed okay like that comes up in like a good for her mm-hmm. movie playlist and something like that has like that stayed in my mind is like oh okay i i have a sense of what the attitude of the movie is and like that makes me curious to watch it i don't know i don't know but maybe maybe i'd feel it's a different kind of thing if i had never mm-hmm. heard anything about it and someone just sat me down and was like not giving you any context watch this movie yeah regarding midsummer though if you're gonna watch it since i spoiled part of it for you i would say i don't mind spoilers uh, try to find the director's cut then because i haven't seen that one so that's Uh, just probably the one that you'd want to watch i'm meaning to rewatch it so i'll try to do that too movie party (laughs) so lb i think you took some notes on this film or have gathered your thoughts anyway (laughs) well i'll give you our my personal history with the love witch is i was really eager to watch it whenever it came out and i watched it and yes it's it's a gorgeous movie but i at the time wasn't as cool as i am now (laughs) 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 i'll say that hey yeah as far as like as as far as like being like level-headed about things like the movie made me really really mad really mad when i watched Mm -hmm. it because of the messages that it was putting out to me not only just the revenge thing against men and blah 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 because i really don't believe in that i just thought it was very muddled in its its messaging and Mm -hmm. the brand of feminism that it was displaying is like Mm -hmm. kind of like an older like second wave sort of thing that is like not not exactly relevant anymore and that that really made me upset at the time because i was like Mm -hmm. why are all these women like loving this movie so much when it says all these things that like kind of in a way go against what they say that they believe in now just because Mm -hmm. of 
you know, there's, there's that part that's about womanhood and like the flesh that they're talking about when they're dancing. So there's the link to Suspiria. Oh yeah. That thing, which is kind of, I guess a lot of people view that as problematic and I hate using that word. I really hate saying problematic, Mm -hmm. but a lot of people view that as problematic today because it's exclusionary to certain um, individuals. But mm. it, oh, I, I think yeah. there's a ton of stuff that's like I think it's the kind of movie that you got to view it yeah. through a certain lens. Exactly. Yeah. All of there's uh, there's so many every turn there's so many things. It's just like what wrong. Right. That's great. Right. That's like I think that's something that I really liked about it because maybe that's because I was that's how I was looking at it. It's like I didn't view it as like saying this is the correct way to portray mm-hmm. these mm-hmm. things. It's mm-hmm. like yeah, making yeah, yeah, a yeah, yeah. spectacle of it. Right. To, yeah. To, yeah. Yeah. To, just to take it in. So there. yeah, I, I'm, I'm glad that you guys chose it. I really am because that forced me in quotation marks to watch <laughs> it again. And this viewing, it really felt completely different to me. Like, uh, uh, like can I quote <laughs> you please? Yeah. Can I quote you? Yeah, go ahead. LB said, I don't think this is making me as mad at it as the first time I watched it. <laughs> I'm glad. Yeah. That's a paraphrase. Yeah, it, it felt uh, like I don't remember it being funny. Like, I really had no idea, like, that it was silly and, and goofy and, like, had actual humor in it. Like, I, like, I didn't remember you, that at like all. Tim said the first guy that she beds in his acting, mm-hmm. I pointed out this time, this is amazing acting. This guy <laughs> is going for it in every scene. He looks confused. It's so hammed so, up. Yeah, it, but it, he's so sweet swinging and and to me he's knocking it out of the park yeah and i pointed that out like i don't remember this at all i remember him being there and him looking that like wayne coined from (laughs) the uh flaming lips a little bit (laughs) (laughs) most of the guys that she picks are are like certain kind of typical handsome guys i think that's probably Mm -hmm. the best looking guy so she should have saved him for last that's my uh, another story (laughs) gripe because i i'd like him to stay around and be like handsome throughout the whole film and then maybe no but he wouldn't be cool as a cop he would be an undercover cop wouldn't he he would be (laughs) some you know starsky and hutch type dude Mm -hmm. yeah no it wouldn't work never mind (laughs) there's a part where she's making the witch bottle where she you know she uh, has the the urine in the bottle and she's adding herbs and things to it and then she this is hilarious she she pulls out you know a used tampon and puts it inside the bottle and as as she's doing this andrew goes gross and then immediately the voiceover comes on and she says tampons aren't gross (laughs) (laughs) i was like like, stop talking to me, movie. <laughs> oh my god! She like literally answered him. It was really funny. Yeah, That's I was. Uh, yeah, I was like, okay, 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 fine. <laughs> but it's still gross. <laughs> I understand their importance, and it's not gross because of function. It's just gross because it's bloody. That's all. Well, oh it god. is a biohazard, technically. So. Yeah, so I mean, it's gross. <laughs> it's medical waste. This I'm sorry. True. They have special boxes for mm-hmm. it. No, so or jars. Yeah, they do. <laughs> I'm not. I'm. I'm literally not making a judgment call on any kind of feminine thing or person thing type of thing. It's mm-hmm. just like it's bloody and gross. If somebody had a band-aid, a band-aid and did that, I would I be like, gross! Been uh, that's grosser. That's grosser. <laughs> yeah, you're, yeah. I, I, you're, you guys are right. It's a lot more gross, especially if it's kind of got that, like, scab that's kind of yeah. pussy. Yeah. Like, that's right. Oh, but we can't say the F word. We can describe a bloody band-aid. But I can't say pussy. <laughs> uh, 
Good times. <laughs> good times. <laughs> All right, so LB, you've come yeah. around a little bit on this. I film. have. I don't quite hate it anymore. So. Yeah, neither do I. I, I, I appreciate what Anna Biller was trying to do. Yeah. As she's done her whole career, and she doesn't actually make a lot of movies. She's made yeah. shorts before. She made a, a long-form movie mm-hmm. called Viva, which I have yet to see. Is that the one that's, like, really Russ Meyer-y? That's the one with her starring in it. Okay. And, yeah, I think it's Russ Meyer-y because um, she's a voluptuous woman. What's the so actually, fast, Elby, you faster were actually pussycat? That. Kill, kill, yeah. Yeah. You were asking this about, like, what movies reference. Is, is <laughs> right. this style referencing? Right. And that is it. It's Russ Meyer movies without mm. the most giant buxom ladies. Russ Meyer was Jacques Demy. We're so ju- we're just saying names, you guys. Yeah, I'm interested. That sounds cool. Russ Meyer's makes a lot of smut movies from yeah. the '60s and into nah. the '70s with women with the biggest boobs ever. Mm-hmm. That was his thing. But he did a movie which was a, a kind of a spiritual sequel to a previous film called Valley of the Dolls, which was about young young women getting hooked on pills in LA type oh and that was made in the 60s and then he made one that his only big studio movie called was beyond the valley of the dolls which is a very forward and progressive and also regressive and mm-hmm. all kinds of blah ways uh-huh. but it's also in they're both criterion films if you know what mm-hmm. criterion is they restore mm-hmm. films and they put out the best version of it and so they're cool. on blu-ray under criterion so they're important films roger ebert wrote beyond the valley of the dolls which is just crazy it's so crazy that he wrote beyond the valley of the dolls because he is notoriously anti-sex and violence in the same film or most of the time he just doesn't want to see the sex in the film type of thing but he wrote this movie that is uh-huh. sex and violence mm-hmm. so <laughs> i think i think you guys would really very, enjoy it actually it's very similar i would visual love- style it's a little bit actually even more out there than this film but it's cool. of that era it's from the 60s or late 60s so yeah definitely want to see that now i have the marina and the diamond song stuck in my mm. head i don't know which, which one is a song called valley of the dolls on uh, electra heart I also, mind you, my, like, love for for the Love Witch totally comes from my, like, female pop star idolizing background. Mm, Okay. (laughs) Like, I don't watch a lot of movies compared to the three of you, and I think I just, I don't Mm. think I have, like, the same eye for stories as much as I have an eye for, like, I like the artistic direction or something like that. No, so, like, so you're familiar with music videos. Were you around music videos before on MTV coming up, before they turned into just reality TV only? Did you watch any of that, or was it YouTube-based? Yeah, that was, that was, like, Uh... right when I started watching MTV was when they were finally starting to phase it out. Dang it, that sucks. Mm. I think that was probably all during the years that I didn't have cable Mm. TV. I probably was exposed to it like a little bit, not in my own house. Okay. But I I wasn't of the like age that I like grew up okay. watching music videos. On so pr- primarily videos online, on. you see the music videos and art direction through that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, if if you were to have in the '90s, especially, is big boom of of very stylized music videos. Mm-hmm. Uh, like LB yeah. and I say, like we're not we don't follow directors very often and have their complete over of mm-hmm. movies or whatever. But we do with one director, that's Joseph Kahn. He's a music video director. But he has made three movies. Mm-hmm. Torque, Detention, and Bodied. Bodied is about freestyle rap. Uh, Detention is a sci-fi Ooh. horror movie about time traveling in high school, and it's super okay, bonkers. that sounds... 
Awesome. And Torque wow. is the craziest <laughs> biker motorcycle action movie you'd ever see. And it has Ice Cube in it. <laughs> and it's making fun of Fast and Furious. But what he does is he makes music videos most of the time. And it's just a way to talk about him a little bit. <laughs> but but the, music videos, the music videos aspect of the whole thing is like that's, this guy does every kind of genre when he does music videos. Right. And so right. I would say like when you're watching a music video, you're seeing mostly, yeah, you're seeing them sing or the narration that they want to show you through this music video but you're really actually saying all the visual right. stuff so i get what you're saying right about the visuals are taking you a lot in, in mm -hmm. the love witch and stuff like yes. this mm -hmm. yes yeah yes i also i don't know if you've listened to electra heart by marina and the diamonds but i was obsessed with that in mm. high school i think like really into that at like the heyday of like the tumblr feminism mm. days I, I feel like it was equal parts aesthetic as it was like actual information mm -hmm. or like i think for a lot of people understanding feminist concepts as they apply to like a modern young woman's life uh, I mean, it was on Tumblr, which is a primarily mm -hmm. visual website, so I think it was through a lot right. of visuals. And I, I mean, I don't know. I think this is really just speaking for, like, me and probably, like, other gals my age at the time who were, like, into certain aesthetics. But, like, I don't know. I don't even know how to, like, word this. Like, there's definitely a lot of similarities between The Love Witch and Electra Heart and that it's like it's not a feminist piece of work and that it's like here is a good thing to be a good way to be it is subverting like the bad things about the male gaze or like anti-feminist stuff it's like parodying it sort of okay and sort of like owning I think in the same way that like Elaine is like I live to be every man's dream <laughs> there's like a lot of lyrics in that Marina and the Diamonds album that are that where she's playing like this like battleish like, she's like the home wrecker or she she's singing about like doing everything in her power to just be like the most desirable person to any man completely at the expense of like her health and wellness or whatever like that's kind of implied and like it's not feminist in the sense that of like where the way that i like see mm -hmm. feminist ideas shared online now which is like more informative and action-based than like when I was in high school and on Tumblr and it was like, girl power, sharp eyeliner, mm. kill a man, like, so I don't, girl power is the know. holdover from the 90s from, mm. from, it's actually the battle cry of the Spice Girls. I'm not sure if you're familiar with them. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 so, yeah it's sort of, yeah. there was, I think in like the, the early 2010s, I feel like there was this new uh, aestheticized wave hmm. of that, sort of. Yeah, um, I'm looking at a photo of Electra right now and I see totally yeah, what you're talking yeah. about. It's yeah. Guy, yeah. I, I, I think I'm talking about like a very, a very specific corner of the internet that I like mm -hmm. spent a lot of time in when I was like, 16 to 18 okay. and onward I suppose and the album's just like full of bangers most importantly mm -hmm. um, but sausages, I think LB. I was sausages. very into the idea sausages in England yeah, yeah. British <laughs> call bangers Saus yeah. wait we call yeah. sausages they call them bangers mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it took me a while to figure that one out like when I first heard it mm. <laughs> yeah like this this song is full of sausages <laughs> I mean just mm. one sausage I'm gonna start saying that <laughs> People might think it's a real meaty song. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> they might think you're talking about very masculine songs, sausage, uh, sausage yes. parties. You know, <laughs> sausage. love that. Dumb. Anyway, no, I'm looking at a photo here of Electra, and, and I totally get the aesthetic that you're you're referencing. That it is 
It's very, gonna say, America on a diner chic, this photo that I'm looking yeah. at. <laughs> but that goes back to the early 70s, late 60s as well. Yes. The photo that I'm looking at, she's just laying on a bed, and she's got kind of like a, looks like she was just got off of work at a diner. It's a very, yeah. but I'm a cheerleader vibe to it. Where, where oh, it's like, makeup. Yeah, mm-hmm. where it's mm-hmm. like subverting the trad wife. So, yeah, I, yeah, I totally yeah, get yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. I really do, so... It's a yeah. cool photo that I'm looking at. Mm-hmm. I showed Elby just now, so she's looking <laughs> at the same thing. Mm-hmm. See, it's all about the mm-hmm. art yeah. direction. Yeah, yeah. And sorry, I feel like I'm now just thinking back on everything that I just said. It's sorry if none of it made sense and I also dominated. <laughs> no, whatever. No. You need- no. This is this is why I don't watch a lot of <laughs> movies because this is how my conversations with people start to go, and I and I get very annoyed. No, it's all right. I, I, I'm usually the dominant one, so it's cool. In the, in the conversation, that is. Yeah, sure. Uh-huh. We're talking about conversation. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm. Please. I'm a big softy too. <laughs> In conversation? No, no. Well, actually, I try to be. Actually, I try to be fair. I try to be good and nice. I don't think I've stepped on anybody's words this time. I- <laughs> I haven't noticed. I don't, I don't know if so. I've done it in the past on the Grumpire show. I think I've gotten in edgewise. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you started off the Love Witch, and then you backed off. Do you have anything more to say about the Love Witch? I have one thing. I, because um, when I watch it, I am not a woman, mm-hmm. and so like the way I'm taking in like the feminist overlay of it what was really interesting to me and what i really liked about it was i wasn't really looking at like how they were portraying feminism in any sort of way what was really interesting to me was everything in the movie kind of seems like a caricature of like what the worst men think of women Hmm. yeah like like it's like how like some (laughs) nerd jerk like how they think like a woman works like how Elaine is like, I want to. Okay, my I see whole what you're purpose saying. in mm-hmm. life is to please a man, mm-hmm. and like all like the ridiculous things that go, and like how they get revenge because those same guys thinking that think all women do that too. That it's gonna I'm gonna happen I'm, to them, right? I'm gonna pose yeah. this yeah, odd exactly. question That's... too. I'm gonna pose this odd question. So, from what I understand, there's a school of feminism that says every choice that a woman makes about herself for herself is a valid choice, and we shouldn't poop that right uh-huh. so is that this uh-huh. school of feminism uh, i mean maybe lb you might have words on that but is that also saying it's all right that this lady is that caricature as written it's okay that she wants to i mean it's not okay in the story because she goes around murdering men but the desire for her is to be every man's fantasy type of thing i feel like you're hitting the nail mm-hmm. on the head of like the connection i was mm-hmm. seeing between electra heart and mm-hmm. this movie i think so i feel like this might be my personal feeling on like that school of thought which is also just i don't know if these pieces of art are like exclusively saying like this is good or this is bad i feel like they're just kind of riffing on it because like some would say the trad wife that's fine if a a woman wants to be a trad wife that's fine if a woman wants to be an astronaut and stem and all that that's fine if a woman wants to be girl boss and run what gucci (laughs) that's fine (laughs) all fine right gucci girl boss but there's also, from what I understand, feminist school of thought that says trad wife bad. And so... I just discovered that trad wife was like a real thing. I thought it was just a joke <laughs> online. But then I discovered that... So like, I mean, yeah, I guess if someone wants to do that, like, whatever. Mm-hmm. I'm sure there's a lot of people who think that shouldn't be a thing anymore. Yeah, they think it's regressive um, or something. I think, yeah. mm-hmm. I think yeah. the important takeaway for, like, any of these pieces of media, be it meme or full-length movie, is to get 
the people watching to question why is this the way it is anyway? Yeah. Why are certain traits deemed either bad or good when certain mm-hmm. women do them? Yeah. Oh, that's interesting you I say agree. certain. <laughs> it's true. Yeah. Okay. Because like here it's this super beautiful woman. I just know the makeup, everything done on her, including the dumb bumpet on her hair. Yeah, I really <laughs> Every, like that. Everything is to enhance her and to make her look as perfect uh-huh. as possible. Uh-huh. Now, if a person does that, is that wrong or is it all just there's just too many layers of nuance now in the story her beauty isn't wrong her end goal that she can never achieve isn't even wrong it's that when she tries to achieve it she kills that's the wrong mm-hmm. the mm-hmm. man-eating i suppose that's the wrong yeah mm. but does she i forget she doesn't she doesn't hate men right it's her cohorts that talk crap about men right yeah, she never really directly trashes men, but something I always wonder is, like, if that's part of the facade for her to keep up so she can kill men. Mm. That's something mm. I think about. Mm. Okay. It's a lot more nuanced, this film, than I expected it to be. Yeah, me too. Than I recall it being the first time. <laughs> yeah, me too. Mm. <laughs> it's a fun movie because like i mean this is also like a personal preference kind of thing and i have pretty severe adhd which is why i can't get into some movies that don't beat me over the head with what's happening which is part of the reason why i didn't like the suspiria remake yeah stylistically pretty different like in terms of like how they like structured the movie Mm -hmm. but like this one i feel like it's not hard to follow but there's still a lot of things for you to pick out and like look at and talk about if you want to yeah Yeah. Yeah, i mean that's not to sound snarky because i'm not meaning that i'm in agreement that's that's pretty evident now that we're having this conversation and (laughs) i didn't exactly i really didn't know that this conversation would be as nuanced as cool dance there's a thing about dance in this film with the the feminism and then the previous film Suspiria was supposed to be sort of about like women being uh, channeling their femininity through mm. their dance uh, mm. which which was more feminine and which was more brutalist <laughs> <laughs> oh, let's, let's take a long hard think about I that don't one because <laughs> Suspiria was all all of their dances were violent right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. pretty yes, yeah. pretty like angular moves and juts and it was almost like uh, uh, an angry man choreographed it <laughs> Yeah, Tilda Swinton. Well, well, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. She's going to totally downvote this. Uh, give me like two stars because she listens to Aww. our show religiously. Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> hey, Tilda. The dance that they made came from World War II, right? Yeah, the, that's what they said. It was in the 40s when they made it. So I guess they could be, you know, angry. <laughs> I guess so, yeah. And here it's just burlesque dancing and, and mm-hmm. all curves. And so mm-hmm. I guess it's a lot more aesthetically ple- pleasing, especially with the kind of film that uh, mm-hmm. this is referencing. Oh, for sure. So yeah, it's just, just dance talk. Dance talk with Andrew. <laughs> I can moonwalk. He can. I wow, can do the robot. Impressive. Mm-hmm. Pretty impressive. I can yeah. pop lock. I have the mm-hmm. best wave. That actually is pretty good. Yeah. I was a little yeah. pop locker as a kid. This these neither of these movies had breakdancing, so this is dumb. I shouldn't be talking about it right now. <laughs> Terrible. I thought you were gonna say neither of these movies had breakdancing, so they both sucked. <laughs> no, no. I mean yes. Terrible. Actually one did have breakdancing, literally. Oh, oh. okay. Very good. 
Very good. <laughs> oh man! All right, can't wait to hear that part of the recording. Have we yeah. covered all of the uh, sports metaphors, bases? I suppose. <laughs> I think so. There was one thing I wanted to talk about, but I, I wanted to either watch the movie again or look it up. Um, there's some interesting, like astrological. I was like, hoping uh, you were going to say this tie-ins with the Love Witch that I think may or may not be very on purpose. Mm-hmm. Like they have the twins. And then they keep showing different astrological signs throughout the movie. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering if each character is like Aligns supposed to represent them, hmm. but how far? But then again, I, I I didn't look into it as much as I wanted to. But I just wanted to bring that up in case anyone had something to say I, about it. I know literally nothing about that stuff. So yeah, I, I didn't look yeah, into it, but I recall <laughs> it. It might just actually it could be, be superficial motif. Mm-hmm. That's what I was kind of thinking. Or it could actually be like David Lynch layered esoterica where it's like, <laughs> it means something. We just don't know what. Mm-hmm. I want that to be the case. That'd be so cool. <laughs> well, the twins, the Gemini and the, the twins, that's the most obvious one, right? Yeah. yeah. But what is that? They dance up there. And those like are not why twins. Even have, those, why do a bit with twins if it's not like supposed to be there? They're not <laughs> twins in real life either. They're two totally different ladies. I mean, obviously, it's not like they did a split-screen thing. Yeah. But they're not even related, is what I'm saying. Huh. Twins are fake. Twins <laughs> debunked. Fake twins. <laughs> New segment on the show, Twins or Not. <laughs> Thank you very sure. much, both of you. Very Thank much. You. This is a very thanks interesting for, Thanks episode. for having us. Um, yeah. It's cool. I, I think our consensus is that we're now a bit nicer to um, Love Witch and a mm-hmm. bit less nice to Suspiria. Well, I don't know. I, I really love Suspiria. Oh, I, you do? I, I actually really I can do. I understand why people like it. I, I really just think it's a case of mm. that movie. No, that's fine. I, I totally get what you're saying, and like I know where you're coming from, and like I, I recognize its flaws, but like overall it's just a really beautiful piece of art to me. But, to but, me, both but, of those movies mm-hmm. should have been shorter. Yeah, they have editing issues. I yeah, think both of them, mm. story-wise. But uh, mm. I actually really do appreciate the Love Witch a lot more than I did mm-hmm. before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Glad cool. so, we could make that happen. I do too. I do too. I still, I really like it. Well, okay, I don't know if I really like it, but but <laughs> I like it more. I still don't want to hear what Anna Biller has to say in her personal life, but that's a different. <laughs> Thing. Different, that's a different, different thing story. but i'm a i'm more willing to let that slide in watching her stuff so mm. yeah so on that thank you very much both <laughs> of you for sure and good I'm night glad to be a part of it yeah. thank you so much for having us right, goodbye bye. Bye. bye cool episode huh yeah, this is like a knee it's like we got kneecapped on this one because <laughs> we go into it being all like I don't like Love Witch. And then we're like, <laughs> by the end of it, Love Witch is just, it's fine. It's good. It's pretty good. It's all right. It's good. You know, except yeah. for the Renaissance Fair stuff still. <laughs> but yeah, the rest of it, we're like, oh, okay, fine. We have to concede, which yeah. is no big deal, honestly. Right. That's one of the functions of the show, or is it, a, is it a feature or is it a bug that sometimes we, it gets turned over on us and we're like, oh, yeah, yeah. That movie that we hated going in, we actually kind of like now. <laughs> yeah, I think that's a feature. It's definitely a feature of what talking about movies should be hello online people uh, i think you meant to say mcfly <laughs> lb <laughs> oh oh did i yeah you meant to say hello mcfly oh is that a reference to something moving on well if you enjoyed tim and erica which i hope that you did i mean how could you not honestly you should just go to Bandcamp, look up infinity meter look up boy jr you'll be able to find them pretty easily download buy their stuff 
they are also on Spotify if that's a service that you are into. You can look them up on Instagram, Boy yes. Junior Official and mm-hmm. Infinity Beater. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, also, this is something that we olds don't know a whole lot about, but go to TikTok and look up Erica's stuff. It's at boyjunior.69, I think. <laughs> is, that, is that right? <laughs> Which is hilarious. I love it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, definitely go to her TikTok. She's an incredibly creative little video maker. You can see a lot of her uh, songs that she does that are like, what if Billie Eilish wrote The Strokes last night or whatever. And then she like makes her idea of that. And it's usually like 100% accurate to what she says they are. <laughs> so yeah. she has a series that she does like that. And her, her videos are really, really funny. And I love her confidence. So I think I might have a little crush on Erica. <laughs> yeah, she's a solid performer for sure. Yeah. And Tim, yeah. Uh, Tim's stuff is pretty dark. It's uh, I know that he likes Depeche Mode. Like when I mentioned Depeche <laughs> Mode in our warm up, he was like, oh yeah, oh heck yeah. Like, well, of course. <laughs> <laughs> and so even if it's not super apparent you can hear in his music some uh, some old dark electronic yeah elect- is, is Depeche Mode pop I guess they kind of are uh, yeah you know it falls into that category of doom pop well he is but is, is Depeche Mode doom pop I think so huh yeah, yeah I never you know, thought like, of that yeah I was talking to someone recently about Depeche Mode and NXS and how I like both of them but like NXS is like the super pop version of Depeche Mode mm, I don't think so no no I don't, I don't think know so. I, I, think I find so. them to be completely different styles of music oh whatever I was also embedded <laughs> back then in either of those <laughs> That. And I was I was like eleven. Yeah, I was I was of old, the listening age at the time. <laughs> so <laughs> we could debate off mic about this. Okay. <laughs> but yes, go check out Infinity Meter. Go check out Boy Junior. Check out their single, which is called Look at Me. I'm coping so fucking hard right now. Oh my gosh, it's got a bad word in it. So do you. Lots but, of them. <laughs> I do. You just don't let me say them because you're so controlling. No! I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm s- my parents are still alive. I just I just <laughs> don't want the hassle. I know. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> they don't even listen to the show. But what if? Marvel's what if Andrew's parents listened to our show. Yeah, it's a sword of Damocles hanging above my head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, anyway. Alright, here's the song. Thank you for listening, and good night.
Save under the covers with